0: diving, good stuff, good times right here, right here going in the water, going deeper. ready to dive the next three weeks? We're going to go a little deeper. The next three weeks, we're going to dive into the things that God has for us, and uh, it's going to be awesome. In fact, if you have your Bible, your phone, wherever you are getting Scripture, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to welcome all of you if you're a guest. My name is Jared Ming. I'm the lead pastor here. So excited today that you're with us. I want to welcome our our campus, we have people online in the Czech Republic, in Fresno, in England, in Fiji, in Louisiana, Sacramento, Houston, Texas, uh, Seattle, Las Vegas. Can you welcome your church family online right now? Isn't it great to have them with us? As you're turning in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible or whatever, we're going to put it on the screen for you. But as you're turning there, let me just say, tonight in Santa Paula, I want to invite you out to a night of worship. It's going to be incredible. You just take the 126 out to 10th Street. Get off at 10th turn right, and as you go along, you'll see Ojai. It kind of veers to the right. Turn right on that Ojai, and you'll see the sign just up the road, Higher Vision Santa Paula. We're launching a brand new campus the beginning of next year, and right now, we're kind of doing all of the services on Sunday nights, kind of building our core, and I want to invite you to come out and worship with us. We're believing God's going to do something great in that city. Anybody believe God can do something great in the city of Santa Paula? Amen. So let me say, we need you. Come worship with us so God can open up the heavens and begin to do something great there. Let me, uh, as we get ready to start today, I thought of a story that I'd tell you that's kind of fun. It's a story about this senior citizen that was driving down the freeway in a brand new Corvette. He had the hood off, not the hood off, I'm sorry, he had the top off, and he was driving 80 miles an hour. When he looked in the rearview mirror and he saw a state trooper flip on the lights behind him without even realizing or thinking about it, he put the pedal to the metal and went up to 100 miles an hour. Of course, the state trooper turned on the siren and he pulled over and walked up to the car and this uh, elderly individual looked at him and said, Officer, I am so sorry. I don't even know what I was doing. I I didn't realize. And when he said that, the state trooper looked at him and said, You know, um, it's Friday afternoon. I'm about to get off work. And if you'll give me a reason... Why you're speeding that I've never heard before, I'll let you off. So the elderly man sat there for a moment and looked back up at him and said, Well, you see, officer, several years ago, my wife ran off with a state trooper, and I thought you were trying to bring her back. <laughs> Some of you are shaking your head at me, but you laughed anyway. <laughs> I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to dive right into this message today. As we read this passage, I want to give you the verse right before it. And here's what it says. It says, I has not seen, ear has not even heard of the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You see, God has prepared some amazing things. And as you saw that video as I went out to dive you see, below the surface of the water, there are things that are amazing. There's kelp beds, and there's, there's beautiful reefs. There's amazing fish, things that you can't see unless you dive deeper. And as I was preparing for this new series, I want to share with you a verse. I want you to read it with me. We're going to read the first part in the message translation, and we're going to end in the New Living Translation, but it talks about a dive. Let's bring that passage up. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I want everyone to read this with me. Those of you joining us online, why don't you do the same? You ready? The spirit not content to flit around on the surface dives into the depths of God and brings out what God has planned all along. Now let's go to verse 12. And we have received God's spirit Not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You see, the Holy Spirit dives into the deeper places of God so that you and I can dive and know and understand the things that God has for us. So today I want you just to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that you're the one that guides us into all truth brings comfort I pray even right now that our hearts would be opened and that we would make that commitment to say I want to dive deeper I want you to teach me more truth I want you to help me to understand what God you have for me Lord I pray let your spirit right now unveil our eyes soften our hearts tear down every stronghold every way of thinking that hinders us and Lord open us up to go deeper. Will you say this in your prayer? Just say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to dive. Say it again. So, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to dive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. I want to thank Mark Butler who was working with me on that dive. We went out and obviously... Um, you saw me get in the water, but right now, the, the way the water is, there's really no visibility, so we weren't really able to get any footage. But you know what I discovered is that in order to dive, in fact, we have a picture of a diver right now we're going to bring up on the screen. These are the, the, the pieces that you have to wear. This is the, the mechanical stuff, the suit, all of the things involved in a dive. I'm not going to go through and explain all those today, but the bottom line is you can't go deeper If you don't understand, if you don't have the equipment, if you don't have the knowledge, because we have to know more to experience more. You all with me? So in order for us to go deeper, we need to know more. We need to experience more. We need to understand. We need to have the tools that we need to be able to go deeper. And what I want to do today is I want to take a passage of Scripture that's been on my heart for a couple weeks the Holy Spirit's been stirring this verse up, and it's beautiful because I think it gives us three really clear principles of how you and I can go deeper. Let me ask you a question. How many people want to access everything that God has freely waiting for you? Come we'll on, say amen to that. So if you want more, if you want to dive, we're going to hear what Paul had to say. Go with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Here's what Paul said. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Let me stop right there and say that Paul hears about the fact that they've become Christians. And then he says, listen, now that you're Christians, I don't want you to just stay at the level you're at. There's more that I want for you. So I've been thanking God for you and I've been praying for you. Now let's keep going. He says, And I pray. And next week we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. He says, I pray for you. Now that I've heard you're a believer, I pray for you consistently or constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Another translation says it this way He said, I'm praying for you that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So now that you're a Christian, don't stay where you are. I'm praying that this spirit to have wisdom and revelation. Now, the word revelation or insight is a Greek word, and here's basically what it means. It means revelation. It means disclosure, or it means to pull the cover off of. God wants to pull the cover off of everything he's promised you. And in order for that to happen, we need to have some insight. We need to have some revelation we need to have some wisdom in order for that to happen. So, and it's the same idea that we find in our text when the Bible talks about the Spirit searches the deep things of God and He reveals to us the things of the Spirit. That's the same exact word to take the cover off of. So how many are ready for God to take the cover off of some of His revelation, His blessing, His truth, all the things He's promised us? All right, so let's find out what Paul had to say so that you and I can glean these principles to help us learn how to dive deeper. So Paul goes on and he says, in Ephesians chapter 1, he said, pray that, you know, I pray constantly for you. He says that God will give you spiritual wisdom. Let's bring that up, guys. Ephesians one17 He'll give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Why? Here's why. So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. The very first thing, I want to give you point number one. Grab your notes. All right, pull them out. I want you to write this down. If you want to go deeper, here's how we do it. We dive by knowing God. We dive by knowing God. One translation says it this way, that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. You see, God wants us to know him more. More. Part of diving, part of going deeper, having a, a greater depth of maturity in our life is to know him more. In fact, Peter tells us in 2 Peter, he says that, that we should grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, he says that you might be filled with the knowledge of God. You see, there's more to God. There are many facets of God. In fact, let me show you a really cool verse to highlight that. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 says this It says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. There is so much. The word depth there is the word profound extent. The extent and profoundness of God, his riches, which is abundance. There are many facets to God, many characteristics of God that God wants us to know that's part of going deeper. Now, to help illustrate that point, because Paul said, I want you to know him better. To illustrate that, you know, how many know that there are companies and these companies have a logo or a symbol? And when you see that, you know who they are. Let me give you an example. This right here is a logo. When you see this, what is that? Target. Target. Some of you just ladies went for your wallet right there. You didn't even realize it. It was like automatic. You didn't think about it. You just, your hand immediately went, right? I mean, if it wasn't for Target, there'd be some people that would never have a conversation during the day, right? They get there and that's when they see all their friends, right? And they talk and catch up and Target, right? Well, my wife calls it Target. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Here's another one. Here's another symbol. Take a look at this symbol. What is that? Nike. Nike. What does it stand for? Just do it, right? We know what that is. Here's another symbol. Just bring it up. That always gets a loud one. I don't know why. It's like automatically everyone goes into a ca- caffeine shock when they see that logo. Some of you went like that. I got a headache. I need some caffeine. Starbucks, right? We see the logo. We know what it means. Here's one more. Are you ready? Let's bring this logo up. Come on now. If you've got an iPhone, hold it up and praise Jesus, right? If you don't have an iPhone, hold it up. Boo. <laughs> Boo. 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 Somebody say, Pastor Gerald, what does that have to do with knowing God? Well, here's what it has to do with knowing God, because the Bible says that we would know him better. The Greek word for know is a word which means this. It means to recognize, but it actually comes from a deeper Greek word which means to recognize or discern a symbol or marking. You see, here's what God's trying to say to us. What Paul is telling us is I want you to go deeper. And the way you're going to go deeper is when you begin to learn to recognize the markings and the symbol of who God is. You say, what do you mean? Well, the problem is is that many of us know him, but we really don't know much about him. There are many people, maybe you're in this room, and the only thing you really know about God is that he's the forgiver because you knew you were a sinner and you raised your hand and accepted Christ. So when you have a conversation with anybody and they say, well, tell me about God, the the thing you can say, because it's the only symbol that you've really seen and understand, is, well, you know, he forgave me of my sins. I am thankful for his grace. Anybody thankful for his grace? Then I can tell you there's a whole lot more to God than forgiveness. Because there's another symbol. You know what that symbol is? It's deliverance. We have a God that has a marking, and when you know him, you know that he not only can forgive you, but whatever junk you're carrying in life, whatever is holding you back, whatever prison and addiction you're in, he came not only to forgive you, but to deliver you from that. Amen? (laughs) That we might know him, that we might recognize there's another symbol of God. You know what that symbol of God is? That he is the restorer. So all the stuff that the devil has stolen from you over the years, all the things that the locusts have devoured, God said, I will bring it back. I will restore back to you the years that the locusts... We need to know him. Paul says, I pray that you will have wisdom and insight. He's trying to take the covers off for you to see That God is a God that is multifaceted, that we would understand his attributes, his character, his nature, his counsel. Oh, that we would know him. To go deep, you've got to know him. Somebody said, well, I know him. I know God. I even serve him. And you know, the Bible says Jesus tells a story about one day that there are going to be people standing before him in the great white throne judgment, and they're going to say, I know you. Remember, I served at our vision in the coffee ministry. And then someone else is like, yeah, yeah, I know him. I I cut donuts. I cut them in half for all the people that eat way too many. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was one of those guys that did the ushing because I'm an usher, so I'd usher people in. And you know what Jesus said? That he's going to look at them and say, depart from me because I never knew you. Now, I'm not here to to question, make you question your salvation. But what I am saying is, are you here and you really don't know him? You don't understand the markings, the nature, the character of who God is. That he doesn't just forgive, but he delivers. That that he's a God who has power that can come into your life. And and he has the ability to to bring provision, to be the provider, Jehovah Jireh. That he is the healer, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me. That he can give you breakthrough because he's Jehovah. Jehovah, Shama, my banner, my man of war. Listen, God wants you to know him. He doesn't want you to flitter around the top of the the pool, but he wants you to dive deeper that you might recognize the marking, the symbol, the nature, the character of God. Anybody want to know him? Some of you are saying, well, Pastor Jared, how how can we know him? What are some ways that we can know him better? I'm going to give you four simple, quick things just kind of as a little side note, all right? Number one, the way you know him better is real simple. Study the Bible. There's a reason why here at church we're always encouraging you, take your Bible and read the book of Colossians. Take your Bible and read these passages. Why? Because the more you read the word, the more you're going to know him because it's his letters, it's his truth. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we've got to get into the word. We've got to study the Word. That's why you need to get in a Bible study, get in a small group. Why? So you can learn the Word because the Word is the way that you'll learn to know who He is. You know, another way you can get to know Him better is Christ-centered relationships. Not just relationships, but Christ-centered relationships. Relationships. You see, because when you have a Christ-centered relationship, what happens is, is when you're in a moment where you're discouraged or you're in a moment where you're sick and you're struggling and then you hang out with that friend who's been healed and God's done a miracle, guess what? You see a marking in their life. When I used to hang out with Judson Cornwell, when I would hang out with him, I got to know God as the intimate friend. And when I hang out with my old pastor, Pastor Glenn Berteau, guess what? When I'm with him, I remember that God is a God who wants to save the lost because he's an evangelist. And so I remember that it's God's will that none should perish but that all should come to repentance. You see, it's Christ-centered relationships that the tattoos and the markings of God begin to surface and we begin to recognize. And iron sharpens iron. And so we sharpen one another and we begin to know him and the full richness of his character. Somebody say Amen. Here's here's another thing you can do to know him. Another thing you can do is time with God's family. Time with God's family. That's why being in the house of God. What does the Bible say? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, speaking of coming together for church, as the manner of some is. In other words, people are going to start going, "Ah, I don't need to go to church. Ah, I've got so much going on. That's why coming together with his family. How many know that if you want to know what it's like at the Ming's house when the Detroit Lions are playing... Outside of depression, from this season anyway, come over when we're having a barbecue and watching the game, because when you spend time with the family, you're going to get to know who they are. Coming together corporately as the body of Christ, we begin to, first of all, experience the Lord in a way that you don't experience on on your own. For when two or three gather in my name, I am there in the midst of them. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. You see, there are things corporately that happen when we gather together. So you need to study the word and you need to have Christ-centered relationships, but you need time with the family. Amen? Amen? Here's another one, the last one. Another way you can know him more is to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Surrender your life to the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. You've received him, and he wants to guide and lead you. The Bible says that he will guide us into all truth. Whose truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Jesus, you're going to get to know God more when you allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you. So we know, number one, if we're going to go deeper, you've got to dive by knowing God. You ready for the second thing that Paul gives us? Let me read it to you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 as we continue on. Ephesians 1, 18 says, "I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident what's the word? Hope. The hot confident hope he has given to those he what's the next word? Hope. So he's given hope to who? Those he's called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance." Are you ready for number two? Because if you want to dive, I want to give you point number two. Point number two, if you want to dive, it's not only knowing God, but you dive when you understand your purpose. You dive deeper into the things of God when you begin to recognize and understand your purpose. The passage we just read said, I want to open your heart to gain understanding of the hope of your calling. The word calling there in the Greek, here's what it means. It means to be invited. So what Paul is saying is simply this, is that you and I have been invited. I want to read this this verse again in another translation that says that you would understand the hope of your calling and the rich and glorious inheritance he has given to his holy people. So basically, what God is wanting us to do is recognize that we have been invited to become Someone who inherits God's blessing. You and I are able to inherit because he's called us the blessings of God. I like this this verse because it's a verse that we all know, but it has another idea for the word calling because here's what you need to understand. You've been called. If you know Jesus, you've been called. He's called you. He's invited you to, to experience his inheritance. It's not just eternal life, but it's the promises he's given us here in this world as well. Let me show you a verse. it be interesting. It says in Romans eight twenty eight, and you're going to know it. It goes like this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the what? Good. For the what? Good. For the good. Now look what it says. Of those who love God and are what? All. So stop. So God says he's going to bring good. He's going to make everything work for the good for people who are called, invited, that word also there means appointed. What are we appointed? What are we called to? Look what it goes on to say. God makes all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according current to his purpose for them. Here's what the word good means in the Greek. It means benefit. Have you ever had a job where you're doing the work but you're not getting the benefit? You don't have a benefits package. You're working but you don't get the benefits. And what the scripture tells us is the key to God releasing the good, the benefits, the inheritance, the blessing, is that we have to recognize that we've been called, we've been appointed by God for the purpose he's given us. In other words, you and I have a purpose. Do you understand your purpose? But Pastor Jared, I'm just a lawyer. That's all, that's all I do. Wait wait a minute, Pastor. I'm just a teacher. I'm just an administrator. I'm just a coach, Pastor Jared. I just take care of kids on the soccer field. That's all that I do. No, God says, listen, I want you to live life, and I want you to enjoy the inheritance and the benefits that I have waiting for you, but you won't do it until you recognize that you've been called, and that calling is connected to your purpose in this life. Thank you, 12 of you. The rest of you are kind of going, I'll think about that. I'll make a note of that, Pastor Jared. Stick it in my Bible. Maybe it'll fall out in my devotions sometime. You have a purpose. In fact, that purpose is a purpose God has destined you to. Maybe... What you do in this life isn't just to put bread on the table. Maybe it's for you to bring the love and grace of God. You realize that Joseph, we talk about him all the time, he had a purpose. Well, yes, he had a purpose to serve God. You know what he did? He counted food. And he organized people to count food. And his purpose changed a nation. And we think, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to I can't have a purpose, a calling, unless I go to Africa. I can't have a purpose or a calling unless I'm full time in the ministry. No, whatever you have been given as a gift, that is God's calling, that is his invitation, that is his appointment for you to use what you've been given to connect to the kingdom. And here's the cool thing, when you connect it to God's purposes, he starts giving you good, he starts giving you benefits, he starts giving you inheritance that is yours, but in order to get it, in order to go deeper, you've got to... Dive by understanding your purpose. I'll show you a really cool verse. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. It says, They are darkened in their understanding, and look at this, and separated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. What did Paul say? Oh, that God would open your heart to discover and understand. God's called me and I have a purpose. And the cool thing is when you get that, and here's the the word that says the hope of your calling. So it's not a, well, I might be able to be used by God. I might have a purpose. No, the word hope is confidence. So God is saying, listen, you can be confident that you're called and you have a purpose. And when you understand that, I'm going to bring the benefit. I'm going to bring the good. I'm going to release the blessing. I'm going to do the things. I'm going to make it all work for the good, for the benefit, for your life, here in the one to come. Somebody say amen. amen. The devil will do everything he can to cause you to not see your purpose. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them so they can't see the glorious light of the gospel of Christ. Dive by knowing him. Dive by understanding your purpose. Let me give you a verse that leads into our next point. Ephesians one nineteen. Let's keep going. Ephesians one nineteen goes on to say, "I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's what? Power. Come on, we're being interactive today. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's what? Power. There we go. Power. Who's it for? For us. Everybody say for us. Say for me." So understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Paul is saying, listen, you know, if you want to go deeper, know God, understand your purpose, and you ready? Here's point number two. I want you to write this down. Number two, dive by receiving his power dive by receiving His power. Now, the question then needs to be asked, what's the power? Is it like some feeling I get when someone prays for me, and I get those little doodads on the back of my neck, and ducky bumps, and my hair stands up? Is that the power? What is the power? Well, here's what we know, is that the Holy Spirit is the power. You can read in Luke chapter 1, remember when the angel appears to Mary, and he says, hey, you've been selected to give birth to the Messiah, so the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Almighty will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit is the power. Remember when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem. And he said, as you go, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you the power to be my witnesses. So what we understand then is God's power, receiving his power, is we just need more of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, let me throw out there to you, if you're here and you love Jesus and you called him your Lord and Savior, you got the power because you can't be a Christian without the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is there. Now, what's cool is that there's more because you can get more of the power. The Bible talks about an experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit where you're endued with power from on high. And there's a baptism of His power, and you receive a spiritual language. You can pray in the Spirit and pray with spiritual language, and you can walk in the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to receive His power. That is part of the, the deepening, the growth of what God wants to do in your life as you dive deeper. Let's explain the word power for a minute. The word power there is a Greek word, and it's, it's, it's called dunamis. Dunamis means The miraculous force or supernatural ability. The word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite. It's explosive. Paul is saying, listen, I I want you to understand as you dive deeper that you've got the power. Somebody say, I've got the power. We've got the Holy Spirit working within us. But let's talk a little bit about that power. In this passage, what, what are some distinctions or characteristics of that power? Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. It says this in Ephesians 1:20, it says, seated with him, it's talking about you received the same power that raised Christ from the dead. What is that power? It's the power that seated him in the place of honor and at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now he is far above all ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Everybody say authority. Authority. So the power that raised Christ from the dead was the power to raise him up and seat him in a place of authority, both in this world and the one to come. And Paul said, That's the power you have, the same power. So that means the Bible tells us that we've been seated in spiritual places as an eternal spiritual reward. So, you and I, then, when we talk about the power, one of the characteristics of the power is that we don't have to live afraid. We don't have to live wondering if we're going to make it through. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to live in fear. Why? Because we've been given authority in this world, not only in the one to come, so we can stand over that sickness and say, I declare the authority of God's healing in my body. Say, I've got the power. Instead of having to look at that situation that you don't think will ever change, and you're wondering, God, do you love me? Do, Do you know what's going on in my life? We need to have us recognize in our heart that, say it with me, I've got the power. When you're looking at that financial situation and you don't know exactly what to do, and you're like, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can, but then suddenly you come to an awareness of the symbol of God is Jehovah, my provider. And instead of being worried and afraid, you realize, wait a minute, I've got authority, I've got the power. Somebody say, I've got the power. Come on, say it, I've got the power. You know, Nowadays, with the development of smartphones, we get a lot of stuff done on our phones that we used to have to do in our computers or in the office. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So in other words, when you're out and you're doing something or you're on a trip or you're somewhere and you've got to get something done, all you have to do is go to your phone and pull up your email and bam, you can send off that email. Hallelujah for technology. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you need to get something done, like you need to get on and text somebody, You can get on your phone and you can text somebody. Or maybe you've got some really important business to do and you need to check your status on social media and see how many likes I got. Ooh, I got 24, hallelujah. You got to get something done. Well, recently, I was somewhere where I needed to get something done. And I had my phone, so I'm like, sweet, I can get my stuff done. But unfortunately... What I discovered when I tried to get on and take care of the stuff I needed to do, I couldn't because my phone was out of power. So I could get something done, but I couldn't because I didn't have the power. So I was frustrated. I'm like, this is stupid. I got stuff to do. And then one of my children said, Dad, what do you mean? You've got power. You've got the Mophie. Now, if you don't know what a Mophie is, I'm going to show you right now. A Mophie is a special device that you can plug your phone into that will give you four times the power so that you can get on and do what you need to do. And what my child said was, Dad, wait a minute, you're all worried about stuff, but in your bag that you're carrying with you, hidden from your sight... All the time you thought you couldn't get anything done and you didn't have what you needed, the whole time you had the power, you just didn't see it. And Paul said, I want your eyes to be open. I want your heart to be open so that you will recognize that you've got the power. Say, I've got the power. (laughs) The Holy Spirit lives within you. Say, I've got the power. When you look at your circumstance and it seems like nothing's gonna change, and the devil's telling you you're never gonna get through, you're never gonna get anything done. The Holy Spirit awakens your heart that just below the surface is all the power you need. Somebody say, I've got the power. Come on, we can do better on the count of three, somebody. One, say it, I've got the power. Two, three. I got the power. come on somebody you got the power you ready one two All 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 right I've got the power I pray with all of my heart, I know that was just a a fun little gimmick, To have a little fun today, but I hope that the Spirit of God, the next time you walk out of this room and you're in the middle of your week and you feel like your hands are hanging so low because of all the weight that you've been carrying and you think, God, have you forgotten me? I know and believe that as we dive a little deeper in the next few weeks and as you begin to say, Lord, I want more of the Holy Spirit, I want to yield to the Holy Spirit, I have a feeling that God is going to awaken your eyes to recognize right below the surface is the thought and the truth that you've got the power. Greater is He that lives in you than he that lives in the world. You have the power to overcome. You have the power to stand and rise above. The power of the Holy Spirit is within you. And here's the cool thing. If you feel like you're running low, what does the Bible say? Be not drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can fill up the tank again today. And you can fill up the tank again tomorrow. And you can recharge the battery next week. And you can recharge your battery the, the next week why because we've got the power the source is right here he's available for you and he's available for me you've got the power you want to dive and you need to open your heart and say i need more of you holy spirit i want more of you holy spirit in fact, I just sense the Holy Spirit is in this place right now. Just close your eyes. If you want to lift your hands towards heaven for a minute. Just just like when you go to the gas station and you plug that hose into your car. Why don't you just plug in in the Spirit for a minute. And just let a Holy Spirit download begin right now. Holy Spirit download begin right now. Holy Spirit begin to flow. Holy Spirit begin to move. Holy Spirit begin to be released in this room. That faith will arise in our hearts to know that we have your spirit, that we have your power within us. And let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow in this congregation. Let it grow in every dad. Let it grow in every mom. Let it grow in every college student. Let it grow in every home, Lord. Let it grow in every single Lord person that's here. Lord, every individual. Lord, I thank you that you are growing in us and your spirit is filling us.